0: Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of the Sam and Gabby Fantasy Show. Here with your co host, Gabby, and your other co host, Sam. How's it going, Sam?
1: Pretty good. How about yourselves?
0: I'm going pretty good. I'm excited for this special episode we got going for these people here today. Um, We're coming to you on a special episode. Usually, we record on a Wednesday, but today we're recording here on a Monday night. We're here to talk about, uh, going to give you guys a mid-season review. We're going to look back at a couple players, some predictions that we had going into the season, where we were right and where we were wrong, and give you guys a couple pointers leading up into the playoff push, and see if we can help your teams push over the top and get you guys the fantasy crown. So let's get right into it. Looking back into some of our predictions going into the season, um, we had very bold predictions at that. And looking at fantasy sometimes, hosting a podcast for the first time, we were trying to make bold predictions, but also help teams make the right moves to set them up for success here in the beginning. And we did have – we would like to highlight some of where we – where we went right a little bit at first. I think for me personally, um, when we were looking at Michael Pittman, I think that was the one guy I did really well with at the beginning of the season, but I'm kind of worried of him. I think he's kind of a buy, kind of a sell high candidate. And that was my first question for you, Sam. Um, we see a little bit of his production waning here the last couple of weeks. Um, we saw he had two receptions for 23 yards versus Houston. And he has one of the worst schedules leading up to um, in the playoff matchups with matchups versus teams such as Arizona and um, Houston. Those are He's got two pretty bad matchups there um, when it comes to Cornerback. So, my first question for you, looking back onto the midseason review, Sam, was: Do you think Michael Pittman's a sell high candidate right now?
1: You know, that's that's definitely a good question. Uh, I'd probably say I'm more of a hold personally. After a bad week, I think it probably is going to be tough to sell high. Uh, I still think Michael Pittman's a good wide receiver. He's the number ten receiver overall this year. So far, and I think maybe maybe that's a little bit higher than where his actual value is. Uh, maybe he's a little bit lower, but he does have that huge, huge game potential, uh, has three games with 20 points and another with 30. He's got the ability to get you really weak, impacting uh, point totals uh, any week. And those are against teams that you maybe don't, don't always necessarily think... Uh, you are going to score a lot. I mean, he got 20 points against the Rams, a secondary that I think most people think is pretty good, a good defense overall. So he still was able to produce against a good defense and he was able to produce against a defense that was a little bit more porous. Tennessee, as we know throughout the season has kind of struggled in the past defense. Um, So he was able to produce against both good and bad defenses. Uh, Tennessee, he got 30 points if I didn't say that, but, Michael Pittman, I think, after coming off of a four-point week last week and then 12 points a week before, two of his lesser point totals throughout the season, four actually is his lowest point total the entire season. It's going to be hard to trade him for what his real value is. People might be scared, but I think the Colts are a team on the rise. I just think that every team they've played these last couple of weeks has been completely unable to stop Jonathan Taylor. And I think that the the next few weeks, I mean, not that Jonathan Taylor is going to be slowed down all that much, but I think people are going to start focusing on him a bit more. Maybe the pendulum swings a little bit the other way and Michael Pittman becomes a little bit more used again. I mean, he still got five targets last week, just wasn't really able to pull them in only got two receptions. So I'm going to say that Michael Pittman's a hold for now and uh, not a sell high. Maybe if he has a couple more weeks, I mean, because he does have this potential to get you, Uh, A less than ideal week, but I'm. I think I'm a a hold on Michael Pittman, and if you can actually, if you can get him for cheap after these bad weeks, maybe you buy. Gabby, what? Where are you at with him
0: now? I'm with you that it's going to be tough to sell him after a tough uh, a tough performance versus the Bills, where he wasn't needed much. But I'm of the opponent, uh, the proponent that it's time to start shopping Michael Pittman. Looking back at his schedule, I made a blunder in the beginning. He does play Houston, but that's a little bit earlier in the season. And they don't actually rank all that well versus wide receivers. Yes, they're a poorest defense, but you would think that since the Colts were going to be up on them so much, kind of like the Bills game, that they just don't need Michael Pittman as much. So that's why I made reference to Houston um, earlier. But they do have tough matchups versus New England and Arizona. Very Two very tough defenses when it comes to wide receivers. So I think especially we knew this was the heart of the schedule where they were going to, at least Michael Pittman was going to be able to showcase his talents. And now the schedule is starting to wane off here a little bit. And now I think it's the time you can shop him around a little bit. He's wide receiver 10 right now. So that's still a wide receiver one. And if I was able to shop him around for a guy such as who has a better schedule and the season, a guy such as like Deontay Johnson, I would definitely make that deal in a heartbeat somebody that has this consistent target share and a consistent floor I'm a little bit worried that Michael Pittman could have a couple more games like this and that's just because Jonathan Taylor is such a beast and every time the Colts don't give Jonathan Taylor the ball it's a bad play so and I, it's starting to realize Frank Reich is starting to realize that finally so um I don't know if the big Michael Pittman games are still there for the end of the season. So if you're still able to trade them now, I think now is definitely the time to do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you can get a a good deal, I mean, Deontay Johnson, yeah, he might be ranked lower than Michael Pittman in total points this year, but a guy like Deontay Johnson, did you know, he hit 13 targets his fifth time this, this season last week, 13 targets in a game for the fifth time. He also had a game with 12 targets and a game with 10 targets. This guy, Deontay Johnson's that. So if you can get Deontay Johnson, I'd get him. I think he's, like, one of the safest players in all of fantasy. But – and he has upside, too. He's, like, the only receiver in Pittsburgh right now. But that's not really the point. We're talking about Michael Pittman. But if you can get a good deal for him, which Deontay Johnson, I mean, you could find the right person to trade you that. If you can get a good deal for him, though, I say definitely take it. Um, and Deontay Johnson is a good call up, uh, somebody who's obviously ranked lower, but I think, and I think so, and Gabby agrees that it would be a, an upgrade for your team, but Gabby, what else you got for us?
0: Yeah. And, uh, sticking actually with Deontay, um, this one is going to hurt us here a little bit, uh, going into the season, me and Sam were both pretty high here on the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Um, I was per- particularly high. One of my breakout candidates for the year was Chase Claypool. Um, hasn't really been producing to the level that you've really been ex- expecting, especially with the departure of Juju Smith-Schuster for the season out with an injury. Chase Claypool is currently wide receiver 44. Um, I was told you guys to draft him as your wide receiver too. So my bad, sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong on these things. Um, but one thing that we were both kind of right on, I think we were both pretty high on this guy. Najee Harris definitely has been a guy that's been really good for the Steelers here this year. He's RB4 and has been catching all the balls that we thought Juju Smith-Schuster were going to catch the short, intermediate routes, dump off routes. Big Ben's arm looks completely shot. We were kind of saying here in the pre uh, preseason episode one, episode two range that we thought Big Ben still had a little bit left and boy, were we wrong. Um, He's still is a little bit dink and dunkish, but all in all um, doesn't really have the cannon anymore. And that doesn't really s- spell good news for Chase Claypool and his big play p- ability. But Sam, um, especially after this game that we saw on Sunday night, um, my question to you with the Steelers' offense is if you had a guy like Chase Claypool, let's say, if now the time to drop him, is he drop him now? Yes, he had the big performance. But in a game where they scored 37 points, it's the same thing, same discussion I had with you earlier this season when it came to Odell. And that, coincidentally enough, against the Chargers here as well. when The Browns had such a big scoring performance. But when you look at the wide receivers' numbers, they just weren't, weren't amazing. And if they're going to perform like that in a game where they score so many points, how can you expect for him to really pop off? So is now the time to move off Chase Claypool or even drop him?
1: Uh, well, I would say potentially yes. I mean, of course, it's going to depend on, on your situation and your league. Uh, and I still think, I mean, if Chase Claypool gets in the end zone last night, uh, it's a little bit of a different story. I mean, he's five for nine for ninety-three yards, and he gets you fourteen points in PPR. So he's not trash, but he's not great either. He's definitely droppable, especially in like a sta- like a regular like ten-man PPR league. Definitely droppable. I'm not saying you should drop him. Uh, he is the number one receiver there, other than Deontay. Uh, he's their only deep threat and. They're at least going to try to go deep sometimes. So he's not the worst player in all of fantasy, that's for sure. But uh, he's definitely is droppable if there's somebody more interesting on your waiver wire. Uh, he's ju- he's a bubble player for me, uh, f- to make it more simple, I would say. But overall, as far as just the rest of the Pittsburgh offense, like you referenced, uh, I just wanted to say that I think you totally hit a on- nail on the head. You said Najee Harris. I mean, we had him ranked high. Not as high as he actually is performing, uh, but, I mean, he's exceeded everyone's expectations, I think. And I think you you really uh, hit the nail on the head when you said Juju being out as I think, created a lot more targets for Najee, and uh, I, I agree with that for sure. Um, and the offense as a whole has been disappointing. I think part of the reason we were high is a lot of uh, the reports coming out about Ben's Tommy John surgery was just – that your first year, you're maybe not all the way back. And then usually your second year after the surgery, you can be back to full health. Um, sounds like big Ben is just not able to get back to that, that full strength point. It sounds like he is, uh, he's done for his career for the most part. So that's unfortunate. We expected a little bit, uh, a little bit better of a recovery. Sounds like, seems like that is not the case. Um, and I think that's definitely where we went wrong in the, it with the Steelers offense, but Big Ben is not the absolute worst quarterback in the NFL. So, I mean, he's still going to produce at least a little bit. So as far as the pass catching options in Pittsburgh, uh, Chase Kulaypool bubble option, Deontay Johnson is just the safety option the whole time. So uh, it's not shaking out as much as how how we envisioned it, but there is still some value there.
0: Definitely. I, I, I would agree with, I would agree with that. Definitely the upside that we thought with Chase Claypool going into the season dissipated, I would say by game two, we, we knew that that was just wasn't going to be it this year. But I still think there is still, there, as you said, there is still some value just because there's so little pass catchers there and Big Ben still throws the ball quite a few times. So the ball that somebody has
1: to catch the ball and it can't be all Deontay Johnson. So. And he throws it quite a few times per game to uh, to Chase Claypool. He gets he gets a fair amount of targets. He has no games that he's played in with less than five targets. So that's a pretty pretty solid floor. Most receivers do not get that. Most receivers do. You are yeah, you're right with that one.
0: Um I wanted to move on to actually now one more quick uh, note where where we analyze a couple of our breakout candidates. And I wanted to just take a quick look back onto the rookie class, Sam, if we had a moment here, and look at the quarterbacks in particular. Quarterbacks and wide receivers, but I want to start with the quarterbacks first. I know both of us were pretty high on, we both had our guy going into the season. You were a Trey Lance guy, I was a Justin Fields guy. Looking at the numbers, just, or no. not – we get the numbers. Justin Fields has obviously outperformed Trey Lance. That's because Justin Fields is the starting quarterback. But that's not to say Justin Fields has been good by any means in any of his starts outside of two. You've only really been happy to play him. Um, not this week. I actually ended up playing him in the league and ended up losing my season because of it.
1: But he did get hurt in his defense. But yes, he was not that great. He got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah agreed.
0: <laughs> so yeah um the justin fields and trey lance have been quite disappointments you didn't obviously put a lot of stock into them but we were both pretty high on them going into the season here and i just wanted to get your quick reactions to this do you think there's any chance for these guys sam to kind of turn around here in the last seven weeks of the season six weeks we got here
1: uh yeah there there totally is a chance in my mind um but as a fantasy owner you don't care because there's no way they turn it around in a way that you're going to feel confident in actually starting them if if Justin Fields goes out and gets you 25 and gets 25 points next week against Detroit would you feel confident starting him against Arizona Gabby
0: um, no,
1: no, right? No, no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't feel confident. So, you're going into Arizona, you're not starting him. I have a hard time envisioning that Justin Fields goes out and gets another great game against Arizona. And two games back to back has so far been his max. Um, but I still have a hard time believing he does that. And even if he did that, you'd be kind of skeptical. Maybe, maybe your playoffs start week 14, depends on your league. Uh, but you might be skeptical playing him in your playoff matchup if that's a playoff matchup, or at the very least, maybe a pivotal, pivotal uh, final regular season matchup. You'd be only at best somewhat, uh, somewhat hopeful that he's going to get a good game for you if you are playing him in that week fourteen. So, in the best possible scenario, I have a hard time imagining that Justin Fields goes out there and you have any sort of confidence with him, if, even in the best possible scenario, which I don't think is going to happen. So I'm definitely not betting on that. Definitely not saying that anybody should do that. But I, I do actually think that if Justin Fields uh finished the rest of the season with some good games, I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm definitely not saying for fantasy purposes uh that anybody should be starting him. He's definitely should be dropped in all leagues if you are absolutely desperate in a two quarterback league maybe you consider it uh but he's definitely not a guy that I'm really interested in um, at all and I think if you're only considering him in a two quarterback league I think that tells you how low I am on him uh moving forward
0: yeah I I agree with that for the most part um, I was pretty high on Justin Fields going into this week. I needed a pivot from Lamar um, Sunday morning, and I thought Chicago coming off a bye, the offense actually looked good for the first drive, and then I realized that, that was the scripted plays. So when it came out of the script, it was awful. So I'm not trusting Justin Fields for us this season. Um, but that might be a little bit of personal bias there, but – even when you're looking at them, the offense just doesn't look good. And When Andy Dalton took over, it looked a little better. So, yeah.
1: And I also wanted to add that um, as far as Trey Lance is concerned, I think it's basically the exact same case as when I laid out for Justin Fields. Trey Lance would have to start this week, which he's not going to, and then have two great weeks back-to-back to make you even remotely confident to start him that third week. So I'm not – I'm not in on either of those guys for the rest of the season, pretty much no matter what.
0: Yeah, I'm not either. I think there are better options out there. When guys such as Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, and even a guy like Joe Burrow have emerged um, throughout the season, yeah, I don't think you need to touch those um, rookie quarterbacks until at least next year, until they prove it. Moving on to my second part, I want to talk about the wide receivers. Obviously, we know Jamar Chase has been quite a beast here recently, so I kind of want to put move him over to his own basket, and I kind of want to analyze the other guys in particular. So we got Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith and Kadarius Tony, And there's one more rookie wide receiver I wanted to take a look at. Actually – those three. I wanted to just uh, ask you, Sam, real quick. We take a look at those three guys in particular: Waddle, Smith, and Tony. Um, three explosive guys here that I would say they've all outperformed where you've drafted them for the most part. Um, even Chase, for that matter. But Chase is obviously in his own class.
1: Smith is probably the closest to his ADP.
0: Yeah, Smith is probably the closest. But out of those three guys in particular, do you think there is an opportunity for any one of them to truly break out? And I asked about those three in particular because, yes, we've seen flashes with all three, but I don't think we've – really seen the true breakout. I'm not even asking for like a true Jamar Chase level breakout, but like for instance, like Jalen Waddle, he had a nice week of 20 points and he's been getting targeted. We talked about this a little bit in our pre-show. He's the eighth most targeted wide receiver in the NFL right now, but it doesn't, if if, it feels like he should be producing more if he's the eighth most targeted wide receiver and he's been getting a lot of targets near the line of scrimmage and Devonta Smith, another guy who's been popping off a lot recently we noticed some games he's has over 20 fantasy points and there's other games that he disappears and, and then for Kadarius tony we see the flashes we just saw it a couple hours ago every time he has a ball he's so explosive and he had the game versus dallas where he popped off but he just wasn't able to fully produce and fully really break out so i guess my question to you there sam is out of those three guys is there one in particular that you might think could uh, break out completely and maybe win you a league on the second half of the season?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's going to come down to Waddle or or Devontae Smith. Um, Tony, I think we just saw that that Giants offense doesn't have it. I mean, I think that was pretty evident. I mean, Tampa Bay's got a good defense. I'll give them that. Uh, or give that at least to the Giants for as an excuse for why they played so poorly. But they just looked terrible. I mean, Kadarius Toney got 12 targets, and uh, he, he ended up only getting you seven receptions for 40 yards, which is only going to get you 11 points. I mean, that, he's a good player, but that's just not going to do it for you. Kadarius Toney has just not been consistent at all. Uh, he's had two games where you really were happy you played him. Tonight, you weren't completely disappointed, but you're not happy about it necessarily. Um, so, yeah, he's out of the running for me for that reason. Uh, when it comes down to who I'm more interested in, I think it would have to be Devontae Smith, and it would just be uh, due to how good I think the teams are. I think Miami's been playing a lot better lately, and Jalen Waddell, he's due for some, some big performances, and he seems to be using – get it being used more uh but just the fear of their offense being bad uh kind of makes me shy away against cleveland a couple weeks ago they had they had the buy in week 10 so week nine uh, against cleveland i mean Jalen Jalen Waddle only got nine points and cleveland's a, cleveland's a bad defense uh when it comes to the passing offense or passing game gets the jets He only was able to get three receptions for 32 yards and he salvaged his day with the touchdown, but three receptions against the jets. I mean, not great. I'm not, I love Jalen Waddle still. Uh, Just if I'm having to play devil's advocate for the receivers, that's the things that scare me away. And Devonta Smith has just been being used so much for the Eagles consistently in an offense that I think is really, uh, really starting to come into its own and really starting to find out who they really are as a team. Uh, so it makes me a little bit more, feel a little bit more safe about Devonte Smith. Uh, but even as we talk it out here, uh, I find more excitement in Jalen Waddle. I think, I think, I guess as we talk it out, I settle more uh, as if I'm making a choice, I would say Jalen Waddle has the chance to be a league winner. Uh, but Devonta Smith is more likely to be a consistent asset for your team. Um, and Jalen Waddle could, could be a disaster for your team, I think potentially on some weeks, but he I really has, has not done that this season. So.
0: I guess the follow-up question, given their current price in like the trade market, which one would you go out and trade for?
1: Um, I would say they're pretty similar in terms of, value I would guess that people might be a little bit more high on Devonta Smith this at this moment just because of the last three weeks being pretty solid for him Um, he did get 10 last week but that's not terrible in the two prior weeks he got 22 whereas Jalen Waddle's got 13 or less he got 13 8 and then 13 his last three weeks so maybe the value on Jalen Waddle's a little bit lower Um, but so, yeah, I guess I would say go and get Jalen Waddle if his value is lower. Uh, but I think their value is probably pretty similar. And uh, I think it kind of depends on what you need. If your team is really good and you need just more of a safe flex option, then I would, I would say Devonta Smith. But if your team uh, – if you don't really have a hole and you don't need a flex option, you're just looking to get your team better primed for the playoffs, Jalen Waddle. So, uh, I think it kind of depends on maybe what your team needs. Right now, so it depends on depends on who you are, uh, yeah, Gabby. I don't know how you feel about that. Do you agree? Disagree?
0: I agree. I think Jalen Waddle is definitely the guy there with the upside. Just because c- what we played out here over the last the season when it came to Miami, one of the number one of the most pass heavy offenses in the NFL. We see the talent and the connection there. The targets, like as I just mentioned. And I think the consistency is going to start being there. He's only really been inconsistent when Jacoby was under center. When two is playing, he's been pretty good, and it looks for him on a consistent basis. So um, Jalen Waddle is definitely the guy I would answer for that question. But now that we've... I wanted to transition now, uh, Sam, into our trade targets. I had a couple guys here that I wanted to talk about here with our listeners and just kind of give them a couple of names to look out for here. in the next coming week, I know, like for instance, our trade deadline here on December 2nd. So that's in about 10 days or so. So I just wanted to give everybody a couple of names to look out for and try to trade for who could potentially really help your season down the line. And, the first name I, um, my, my brain actually is on your team, and I've been trying to get him for a while. <laughs> um, I really like these guys that are coming back from injury. The value's been depressed a little bit. The tough part about getting them in the trade value is you kind of have to time it perfectly. Kareem Hunt it looks like he might be coming back this week, but. My personal the personal bet that you kind of have to make is do you think he's coming back this week? I don't think so. I think the Browns are gonna hold him out for one more week. So I think this is the perfect time to get him. As the Browns owner or as the cream Hunt owner, they might be holding out hope that he returns this week, hoping for him to depending on him to be in the lineup, but he won't. And they're gonna need a player to replace him. So I think this is a time to go out and get him. And we've seen the production when Kareem Hunt was on the field, even with Nick Chubb. He was a top eight running back him on the field. So I think now the first guy on the list is Kareem Hunt. You got to go out and get him. Second guy on my list is Javante Williams, the running back for Denver. He's been pretty explosive here over the last couple of weeks. And yes, he's been in a timeshare with Melvin Gordon, but we've seen the break tackles and the explosiveness there. Even the last couple like, couple weeks ago when he placed, played Dallas, he had one of the biggest games of the year. And he followed that up with kind of a stinker, but I still believe in the talent there with Denver or, with this running game. And I think there's a chance that they give this rushing offense, hand it all over to Javante Williams. And if that's the case, then you might have a complete league winner on your hand. And then the last guy I wanted to mention was a was actually a quarterback. Russell Wilson. Um, he's been really bad these last couple of weeks with games versus the Packers and the Cardinals that just put up complete clunkers. But we know the talent is there. Um if he's just getting back from his finger injury. And with really good matchups ending the season versus San Francisco. and get Washington next week as well. They have a lot of matchups that are really good for the passing offense, and with a team struggling as Seahawks and still fighting for the playoffs, no matter what the team is saying, they don't have a first-round pick, so you know they're going to consistently fight for the playoffs. I think Russell Wilson's going to go out there and throw the ball, especially as this might be his last couple games in Seattle. I don't think he's going to go out there with his back on – on the ground. So I see him go out there, throw the ball 50 times. And I think this is a great opportunity to get Russell. As we know how good Russell Wilson is, he's not this bad of a quarterback. So if you want Russell Wilson on your, time, on your team or any Seahawks for that matter, I think now is the time to go get them. But those are just a couple of names I have off of my list that I wanted to give to you guys today. As the trade market fluctuates and these, this information can change at any time. So, and did you have any... Quick names or trade targets you had that you wanted to give to these people.
1: All right, welcome back in. Uh, as you know, we are a, a a small podcast, and we occasionally have some technical difficulties. So. Uh, had to take a break due to some technical difficulties there, but we are going to uh, power through and uh, we appreciate you guys sticking with us. But Gabby had just asked me who my trade targets are for the year. And I, I wanted to say a guy that I've mentioned a few times on previous pods, uh, AJ Brown, uh, Gabby had said things change fast in the NFL and that's true. AJ Brown, he just, he got a chest injury uh, this last week. I mean, Uh, unfortunate but it seems like everything is going to be good on that front he had some x-rays today turns out or seems like everything was negative there as far as uh, you see any injuries Uh, that's good for us in fantasy I would probably recommend uh, giving him a couple days before you maybe try to make a trade for him just to make sure everything's cleared up on that front Uh, but I think it sounds like he's going to be all right and uh, he's a guy that I'm really interested in um, as far as a trade target. He's been, they really try to involve AJ Brown. He just hasn't had that huge game yet, especially with Derrick Henry gone. He's really the the focal point of that offense. Even with going out for the injury this past week, he still had nine targets. Uh, I believe um, could be one or two up or down there, but I believe he had nine targets this week and uh So he's just being involved heavily every week, and we know how explosive he is after the catch. So he's for sure a trade target for me on a good team that uh, doesn't necessarily have the kind of defense that can hold a lot of teams to uh, low-scoring games. They're a team that I think is going to give up points and going to have to score points for themselves. So uh, that equals good things for fantasy. So for A.J. Brown, um, he's kind of a little bit of a higher profile. Uh, trade for target for me, especially if somebody's held him this whole year. At this point, they might be a little bit fed up with some of his more disappointing games. Um, I think you can get him. He has been looking better recently, which is part of the reason I think it's time to get him. Uh, but yeah, I think if, if you can get him, he'd be, I think, worth the price for sure. I had
0: a follow-up question to that, Sam. Uh, yeah. Going back to one of my Questions earlier. Do you think maybe a trade candidate? Would you trade a guy like Michael Pittman
1: for him, straight up, one for one? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I would for sure rather have AJ Brown. What do you think?
0: I think so too, but it's tough because I'm pretty sure Michael Pittman's gonna have more points than AJ Brown over the next three to four weeks here. Like looking at the matchup here. Michael Pittman plays Tampa Bay this week and then Houston next week. You know he's gonna have to, they're gonna throw the ball out versus Tampa Bay. And they don't have that good of cornerbacks. And AJ Brown, he just keeps getting hurt. He left the field even this Sunday for a little bit. So I don't know. I think it's I think it's a tough decision. I think I still would trade AJ trade Michael Pittman for AJ Brown, but I don't know if it's as easy as a decision. He's been really inconsistent, man. And, yeah, he's been good a little bit recently, but the beginning of the season he was really bad.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was. He did have – at the beginning of the season, of course, a couple of those games there, I believe it was weeks four and five, he was – he did have that food poisoning incident where he was really sick, um, and I definitely think that hurt him in those – couple weeks there for sure um so i think those probably contribute to him looking bad overall but i mean after that he had that stretch of three games where he was great um and one of those games was against buffalo and another against indianapolis who are both really really good teams he still had good games against the rams aj brown had nine points which the rams are a team that i think is a good defense and nine points is not terrible it didn't lose you the week you're really disappointed against new Orleans, but new Orleans is kind of a, a defense that's really surprised some people in some matchups and uh, Houston, uh, last week, like we talked about, he did get hurt, but he still got nine targets and five receptions and 10 points a, a, in a game where the Titans got dismantled somehow against Houston. Um, they could not figure out Houston, which is a shock to, I think the whole league and myself, um, but yeah, that's that. I'm not going to say that's prescriptive of the rest of the Titans' season. So personally, I I'm definitely still taking AJ Brown in that in that scenario.
0: Alrighty, but uh, yeah. that makes uh, that makes. Sorry, sense. go ahead. No, I was just going to add. I think AJ Brown definitely has that league winning upside that you were talking about here earlier. Um, just. He has – he's a top five top five talent at the wide receiver position. Tennessee's been weird this year from a passing standpoint. I think the, the departure of Arthur Smith is really showcasing here for Ryan Tannehill. He had four interceptions last week. We'll talk about it a little bit more on Wednesday, but not a good performance from that passing offense whatsoever. He was not passing to any of his weapons, and it was in the reigning – rainy game but still it can't be losing to the texans man if you expect to be a afc contender yeah
1: that's a that's pretty disappointing uh that's a pretty disappointing outcome for sure Uh, at this point i'm not reading too much into it but that is concerning for sure um i did i did have a couple more uh by low candidates here to go over just just real quick david montgomery a guy that uh I would think he's pretty highly regarded, but after a bad week last week um, and not a great week on his initial return, I mean, he got 10 points, but that's not amazing by any means. So uh, David Montgomery, people might be thinking he is uh, not fully recovered or if they, if they do and they think he's just having a bad couple of weeks or maybe is taking a step down, uh, this would be a good time to go get him. He just hasn't been performing up to his usual self. Um, but I fully expect him to return to, uh, a running back one on a pretty much weekly basis. So if you're able to get him for cheap at all, I for sure would get him coming off one of his worst weeks of the season, if not his worst, um, against Baltimore, you're getting only seven points. So, uh, definitely a buy low for me, even though, I mean, it, it's going to depend on who, who owns him in, in your league. So, uh, definitely got to kick the, kick the cans on though. Um, And then T Higgins, another guy I want to mention about being a buy low. This is by far his worst week of the year and uh, pretty disappointing. So you're definitely buying a guy uh, coming off a bad week. But this is only the second week of the entire season that he's played that he's got less than 10 points. I don't expect this to to continue for him. I mean, 10 points is not necessarily what you want out of a flex player. Um, You want him to do better than that. But I think that the thing that's great about T. Higgins is that his floor is 10 points. And uh, while he's been getting pretty close to that throughout the season, I think he really has uh, boom potential. And that's what I like about him. Uh, So I definitely think he's a guy to trade for. I really could see him having a really great end to the season, starting to get some more touchdowns, um, maybe starting to catch a little bit more of the balls that he's being targeted with. Um, has had some games where he's been targeted quite a bit and not pulled in all the catches. Um, But he does get targeted quite a lot for Cincinnati. And that I think is a pretty solid offense and they're going to have to really compete to make the playoffs and get good seating. So um, expect good things from T Higgins uh, the rest of the year. And I think he's a guy that, especially coming off this bad week, uh, you can get when people's opinions are a little bit down uh, on him. But as far as buy low candidates, that's all I had. Um, I had, a, a, couple, I had a, a couple other things to, to, to talk about, but I didn't want to get out of order, Gabby. But uh, did you have anything you wanted to mention? Nope, I'm good to go. Okay, uh, I just wanted to talk about some of the guys that we, I personally mentioned as breakouts this year, um, and not just to talk about how I did, um, but some guys that I think you might actually be able to capitalize on for the remainder of this season. Uh, James Robinson was a guy that I had met, had not mentioned necessarily in any, uh, segment, but is a guy that in our mock draft, I was fairly high on, and I definitely think is a guy that maybe is underrated, uh, that you might be able to trade for if you need a running back. Um, not necessarily the easiest trade for candidate, but I think he's a guy that, uh, maybe gets forgotten sometimes. And I think is a, a really solid player, but the guy that I really wanted to mention Uh, from that group is Darnell Mooney, a guy that I that was going maybe undrafted or drafted just at the very end of drafts Uh, so a real a real flyer sleeper but a guy that's really starting to gain some traction Um, and I don't think I don't think it's just luck he's a guy who's been doing it for the past two seasons now Uh, I think he's the number one in Chicago as far as wide receivers go Um, he's not necessarily going to be consistent for you on a week-to-week basis, I mean, last week he got 16 targets, but was only able to get five receptions. And I mean, you might think that, wow, okay, 16 targets—that's a guy I want. I think that that ratio of receptions to targets just kind of highlights how poor of an offense Chicago has. But they tried to get the ball to him 16 times, and they were only able to do it five. I mean, that that kind of just highlights to me um, how poor their offense actually is, but. A guy getting that, those kind of targets or a guy that is being utilized heavily in any offense in the NFL is going to be a guy that I want to have on my team. And Darnell Mooney, if he's able to get receptions, he's the kind of guy who can really make the most of them. He's really fast and explosive on his five t- receptions last week. He got 121 yards and a touchdown and he was actually he was able to get you 23 points. So he had a great fantasy week um, and he's got 20 plus points in each of his last two matchups. So he's being utilized a fair amount um, and is really kind of a flex high upside uh, option for fantasy. He's the wide receiver 30 on the year. So it's been a little bit more than just these last two weeks. And he's had uh, pretty much every other week, he's had a usable week for you in fantasy. So he's a guy that you can, you can get maybe off your waiver wire this week. Uh, Maybe get as a uh, throw in on a trade uh, that could really potentially be useful in a pinch situation where you need a guy to just throw in on the end of your bench and in a good matchup darnell mooney could potentially potentially come out there and get you 20 plus points um and that would not be surprising so uh darnell mooney is a guy that is still a pretty pretty deep sleeper i'm not recommending anybody trade uh trade the house for or anything and not a guy that if he was your regular flex you'd feel good about by any means but an interesting uh roster piece and in deeper leagues, maybe a little bit more than that. So uh, just a guy I wanted to highlight that at the beginning of the season, I thought had a chance to be even better. Um, but the, the quarterback play in Chicago has, and the offense just in general has really um, not led to that being a possibility. Uh, but Darnell Mooney, the talent I was right about. And that is uh, that is really shown through. And he has the ability to really be a, a solid player for you. In, uh, in real life and in fantasy. So, uh, yeah, that's all I had to add, Gabby.
0: Yeah, no, great. Thank you for that. I think all that information is great for our listeners, especially this time of year. I keep trying to hammer it home, but trades, you know, win or, or lose you your season sometimes, but I think that's the beauty of fantasy football, changing your strategy sometimes and finding different pieces from different teams to kind of fit the puzzle together and make a beautiful team. I
1: don't know. Being willing, being willing to be wrong, I think is like super important in fantasy. Um, Kind of what we're doing here is huge. I mean, we acknowledge where we've been wrong and, and you have to see why you're wrong and utilize that information to move forward um, and succeed and, And you have to be real about it. If you're going to lie to yourself and just continue to hope that a guy that you were high on at the beginning of the season is going to be good, if you just continue to be on that path and that guy never works out, you're screwed. So you got to be willing to move and change in fantasy football and know that the future is going to be different than the now. And so making moves on your team is good um, as long as they're smart, well-thought-out moves. So totally agree, Gabby. Yeah. So that's all I had
0: for you guys today, Um, here today. Thank you for listening, taking your time to listen to our special little episode. We'll be back on Wednesday night to record our regular showing of our week. What week are we in, 13?
1: No, Um, 12, 12, 12. Episode 13.
0: Episode 13. So... This is your host, Gabby. Um, Your other host, Sam. Um, Good night.
1: Yeah. Bye, guys.